Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are Good. you? Good. Let's do it. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who governs all things in heaven and earth, mercifully hear the prayers of your people, and grant us your peace through all our days. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. The Old Testament reading is from Isaiah chapter 49. Listen to me, O coastlands, and give attention, you peoples from afar. The Lord called me from the womb, from the body of my mother. He named my name. He made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me a polished arrow. In his quiver, he hid me away. And he said to me, You are my servant Israel, in whom I will be glorified. But I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing in vanity. Yet surely my right is with the Lord, and my recompense with my God. And now the Lord says, He who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. He says, It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and bring back the preserved of Israel. I will make you a light for the nations, that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and his Holy One, to one deeply despised, abhorred by the nation, the servant of rulers. Kings shall see and arise, princes, and they shall prostrate themselves because of the Lord, who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And the epistle is from 1 Corinthians 1. Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus that in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the re revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And the Gospel is from John chapter 1. The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have bore witness that this is the Son of God. The next day again John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, what are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, 
Where are you staying? He said to them, Come, and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, we're following up right on the baptism of Jesus in the second Sunday of Epiphany. And as we begin this new year, um, I think it's always a good time to um, challenge ourselves with some questions um, about who we are, what we believe, what we teach, and what we confess. It's healthy to ask questions that we wouldn't normally ask of ourselves. So, for instance, I think a, a healthy question for us to ask as Christians is, why do we come to church? Why do we um, do what we do? Uh, why is it a regular part of our week? I suppose we all could cite uh, reasons why we come to church. Um, we did it when we were kids. Um, our parents had us come to church regularly. Um, some people will say, well, coming to church helps uh, shape our children's morals. Um, we have friends here at church. It's a, it's a great place to be to meet people. But as our society continues to shift and become more godless, I think we're going to find less and less people who come for those kind of reasons, who come to church uh, for that. Um, I mean, after all, there are plenty of atheists who have good morals and teach their children um, good behavior. Um, church is also becoming less and less of a place for social activities. Uh, I remember when I played the organ uh, in college in Milwaukee, the church that I played at, Holy Ghost, at a bowling alley in the, in the basement. Uh, it was a great social place to come. So how do we as a church respond to that? Um, the church has not always been in a place of favor in society. I think we can see that throughout history, where there were many times when the church was persecuted. And um, in those times of persecution and denial about who Jesus is, people still gathered around the altar to receive the gifts of God. So what were their reasons to do so? I think that's a question for us to ponder these days. It takes us to John the Baptist, and I, I think... A phrase that's stuck out to me in the gospel um, reading for this Sunday is, first of all, you have to realize who John the Baptist is. He is Jesus' cousin, right? Elizabeth and, 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 and Mary were related to each other. We know that, that story well. And um, there is a, a phrase in here. Um, I'm trying to find the verse where he says that I didn't know him. What? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, verse 33. John says this. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptize, baptizes with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. The next day again John was standing with two of the disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold the Lamb of God. So what's interesting here is that this revelation of whom Jesus was didn't come from himself. It came from John the Baptist hearing that voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. It came from John the Baptist 
um, seeing the Holy Spirit descend on, on Jesus and rest upon him. It came from Jesus' own words when Jesus said, um, I must be baptized by you to permit all righteousness to be fulfilled. So even John the Baptist does not receive this revelation about Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, by himself. We've been talking a lot about this in the past, I think, month, about how this, how this faith comes to us outside of ourselves. It comes to us through the word preached. Um, as we uh, experience that baptism ourselves and receive the Holy Spirit, as we taste and see that the Lord is good by his body and blood given to us. And as that word is proclaimed, faith is created in our hearts. And that's when we begin to ultimately connect the dots. And we don't connect them even. It's the Lord who does this for us by his divine revealed word. And I think that's what um, the Apostle Paul is getting at in, um, in, in the epistle lesson too. That, um, that that which was given to us was revealed by our Lord Jesus Christ by his word. Um, so those are some thoughts that I'm kind of playing around with. Um, that why do we come to church? Mm-hmm. And how do we deal with this godless culture? You know, you ask a law question, you get a law yeah. answer. And, um, but I think of it this way. Ultimately, an answer to that question, isn't it out of love? Mm-hmm. You know, love, you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, right? You, you love God, and so you want to be with him. And that love comes from God, right? He loves us. He, he created us and he redeemed us. He loves us to death in, in Christ at, at the cross um, uh, so that we can live together with him and one another. I mean, he loves us so much that he's, he stops at nothing to make sure that we can, we can live together with him. And as you were talking about that, why we go to church, I, I think about how sometimes confirmation students in eighth grade mm-hmm. will ask, how many times do I have to go yeah. to church? How many sermon notes do I have to write? Yeah, or <laughs> and how, many, how, many, how many times do I have to get, go to church to, to be confirmed? And it, it's just the wrong question. It would be like if I had asked my wife when I got down on one knee, you know, would you marry me? But please know that um, I, I will only, you know, come home Christmas and Easter. I mean, that wouldn't, um, mm-hmm. you know, that, or how many times if I were to ask her, okay, I'd like to marry you, but how many times do I actually have to come home and live with you um, or talk to you or um, hear you out? I mean, that it's just the wrong question because if you love someone, you know, you're, you're drawn to that person. And, you know, even when you're courting, right, you, you, I don't know about you at our house where there were five kids and my parents were always back in the day when there was one phone, you know, get off the phone. You know, they're just talking mm-hmm. because they, they love talking to the, the one they love. They love being together. And really, you know, church is about loving our Lord. It's, it, it's wanting to be with him. He's present among us here giving his gifts. And why wouldn't you want these gifts? It's, it's a joy. He gives um, joy and peace to us here so um and john points out you know here he is here's the bridegroom if you will Mm -hmm. the lamb of god who takes away the sin of the world the one who loves you with everything he is and everything he has the one who who never stops giving of himself in service to his bride Mm -hmm. the church so i I think that's i like that he's always seeking us out right even john the baptist and i know we talk about this question during advent if he had doubts or not Mm -hmm. right 
um, John was a sinner, mm -hmm. and um, he had the same kind of doubts that we have, but our Lord continues to seek us out. He never gives up. He's always going after us in love to bring us back into communion with him. And the, and the kind of love that he has for us, agape, self-sacrifice, he's, he's the lamb. He, he, like I yeah. said, he, he loves us more than he loves himself. Yeah. I mean, everything he, he gives, and uh, everything he has, he gives to us. And, and you know, when, you, when we're gathered in his name to hear his word, and, you know, when we're paying attention, and, right. and there's all sorts of things to distract us, to, to keep us from being together. And that happens, by the way, even among couples. There's yeah. all sorts of things that keeps, keep couples from being, you know, knowing one another better and right. more intimately. They get distracted instead of, you know, um, simply receiving the gifts that the other has to give. Right. And in the same way, it happens to us uh, well, uh, in you, church. You brought that up last week about epiphany as unwrapping the gift and as we continue to unwrap this gift mm -hmm. it becomes more and more beautiful and more and more precious to us mm -hmm. as we mature in the faith one of our members who they've been married um well over 65 maybe 66 years and <clears throat> when um, this woman's husband died you know and she called and, and can you come over and i went over and and the first thing she said to me is, you know, they were married 60 some years. We didn't have enough time, mm. right? And, you know, the, um, what, even in, in eternity, the, the, it's not enough time to un, unwrap, if you will, and, and to, uh, to see the glory of God because there's an endless love that he has for us and, and endless gifts that he has for us. And that's, you know, that person really got marriage because mm -hmm. I mean the guy she was you know her husband wasn't perfect but she she knew that but she loved him anyway we're not perfect but God loves us anyway and He just seeks to bring His gifts to bear into our hearts and lives and and and, and makes us perfect right yeah that's what God and eternity will see more clearly I think one of the questions that came up last week in Bible class was well we have glasses in heaven and right and you know I was just thinking about this now we see dimly yeah. Right? Yeah. And we need the glasses to help us to focus on, on the gift. Mm -hmm. But then in heaven, we'll see fully, right? right. And uh, we won't have need for those. Yeah. And Paul was crushed about that. Now we see but a poor reflection, yeah. then we'll see face to face. We have a lot to look forward to. And even as we come together, and as we talk about these readings, they come alive for us. Mm -hmm. There's always... You know, more. Repetition is good for the soul because you, it begins to unpack for us. God, through His Spirit, is always at work through this word, word unpacking the gifts for us. There's so if you're paying attention, you'll you'll see these gifts and how they apply to you. Not only in and how God comes to you in Christ with with these gifts to enlighten you, to to make known to you um, even the things we can't see with the naked eye. Um, the Good hymn, stuff. yeah, the hymn of the day is hymn 402, the only son from heaven. And just a couple of things about this hymn. We often talk about the service of women in the church. And um, I, I'd like to note that this hymn, which is a text, was written by Elizabeth Krusiger, who was um, an early follower of Luther, <laughs> a pastor's wife. And she wrote the text for this hymn. And again, it shows the beautiful service that women render into the church and, and how even back in the Reformation, uh, they, were, they were serving in, in such a godly way. And this text is so rich, uh, talking about the only son from heaven who was foretold throughout the whole Old Testament 
and how he shines brightly. Uh, and the third verse uh, gets at the whole idea of what we've been talking about, that our hearts may awaken to know his love more and more. And then ultimately in faith to, to stand unshaken in this world of doubt, to know that heaven is ours and we will reap its fullness one day as we see him face to face. So let's do one, three, and four. <laughs> the only Son from heaven, foretold by ancient seers, by God the Father given, in human form appears. No sphere his light confining, no star so brightly shining as ye are morning star. O Lord, our hearts awaken to know and love you more. In faith to stand unshaken, in spirit to adore that we through this world moving each glimpse of heaven proving may reap its fullness there oh father here before you with god the holy ghost and jesus we adore you O bride of angel host, before you mortals lowly, cry holy, 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 O blessed Trinity. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Have a great day. You too. I'll see you Sunday. It's a date.